awesome our God is. Amen. I want to commend you all on your perseverance for being here because many have, for whatever reasons, not been able to be here. And it's, it's not, not a bad thing to miss uh, church or Bible study. Amen. It's not like it's the end of the world, is it? No, it's not. Especially if you're studying at home. But some of us are not disciplined to do what? Study at home. And so that way we, we lose uh, the insight. Amen. And we're not, they, I won't say they, I say sometimes people don't, we have a, a library of lessons now. And we are, you can check out a, a CD. Amen. You can have your own if you want to, but you can still check out uh, in a CD to what catch up where you was. I I think uh, Sister Paula, if she misses, she usually say, "Did you make a CD?" Amen. To make sure that she what she keeps up, and others of you have done that. That's a what a commitment from you all to what stay on top of where you are in your Bible study. And uh, I was talking with Elder today, and he was going through the uh, um, the the DVD that he had, and he said, I messed around and missed a couple of questions that was in First and Second Kings. He said, oh, no, I can't do that. We don't been studying that book. So he felt like he should what? He should know. Amen. And, and I'm, I'm grateful oftentimes uh, because of my rearing. In, in uh, Sunday school, it's not hard for me to have a be in a setting where people begin to talk about biblical stories, and I'm able to talk about it and haven't even read it because it's what is in me or is in there. And sometimes you all are going to be in that same situation. What if you was on uh, Jeopardy? Amen. Amen. And they, they ask you a question. They, they say books of the Bible. And it, it's for all the marvels. And you got double jeopardy. Amen. Y'all don't want to talk to me. But it's all right. And they say double jeopardy. And they say in the songs of Solomon. Who was the main character? Would y'all be able to answer that? Who's the main character? All right. All right. Because most people would miss that. You know why I said they would miss that? Because they, the, 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 the most important, yeah, most people think that the most important person in the book of Song of Solomon is Solomon. And they, they, they'll say, and nobody say, and then you get it right, and then you bring your tithes to the church. And if you don't want all that money, amen. Amen. <laughs> but it's, it's, this is a beautiful story. And you know what? The one thing I want to caution us, we, uh, I have been giving you a lot of the examples from uh, the Liberty Baptist theological thoughts pattern. There are others, but I think I've been going back and forth because I've been telling you what the intent of Solomon was and what the intent of the Shulamite was. But I've also told you the, the thought of the Christ and the church being there. 
because Christ in the church is exemplified in this also. Because instead of it being Solomon trying to attract the Shulamite woman, it is Christ and the church that is being exemplified also. And this is what people like Matthew Henry and others and uh, McGee have said, that's what the book is about. But I've given you from a secular or carnal viewpoint as well as from a what a spiritual viewpoint. So no matter which company you are in, you ought to be able to handle yourself well. Amen. Amen. Because somebody said that's not right because the book is about Solomon and, and the Shulamite woman. Well, they really probably won't even say the Shulamite woman. They'll just say the book is about Solomon. And Solomon really just showed up in chapter number what? Six. Yeah, he took her, but that was way back. But she is the one doing most of the talking. Amen. Isn't that something? Don't even bear her name, but she's the one doing most of the talking. Amen. And sometimes, that's why the Bible, you see in the Bible, it says a certain man. Don't even get his name to it. <laughs> I'm sure that Shulamite woman had a name, right? Because we get her confused, but uh, in, in the Old Testament, in the book of Second Kings, there was a what? A Shulamite lady. Yeah. No. It's not important, is it? Uh, <laughs> it said, what, so whoever wrote it, it wasn't important. All right. The Shulamite woman, that was a day. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, we could say that. We could say that. And, and let me say why I said we could say that. It's not that that's not the point. Because Solomon would not have known about who? Christ and the church. Christ knew about the temple. I mean, Solomon knew about the temple because he built the temple. But he had a foresight, a foreknowledge of what was to come. And Christ theoretically is... Uh, talked about throughout the bible if for example in genesis 3 he's talked about as bruising the head of the serpent so we know he's he showed up in like in joshua he's a, a a similitude of joshua he's a similitude of moses in some places and yes we can say those things but we we are being subjective in our views and our thoughts that this is what is happening because it's really no mention of the Christ, if I'm making sense. But we take it that that's what they were talking about, the one that was to come, which is Christ. So in that sense, yes, we are, you're very correct. We are very correct because ultimately that's where we're going, to Christ and the church. Yes, Right. Uh, uh, went back and preached, you know, he went back and preached in hell to those that were, were mm -hmm. 
the new law right. uh-huh, or the new revelation. Uh, and you, you, you have points there, which is uh, correct. And we, we, there are many. Uh, well, my question then would be, uh, was Nebuchadnezzar saved? Was he? <laughs> well, in actuality, he was a good king. In actuality, he was a good king. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, in similitude to Solomon, he did what God needed him to do. Yes, and Solomon did what God needed him to do at particular times. <laughs> Can I bring it on home? Like we do what God wants us to do at particular times. Yeah, yeah, because sometimes... God want us to do one thing and we do something else. For example, he want us to love everybody. And sometimes I'm a little wayward. So I won't talk about y'all. That's me. I'm a little wayward. I won't love everybody like God wants me to do because he want me to love them all the time. And sometimes I want to love them when I want to love them. When they be nice to me, I want to love them. When y'all don't be nice to me, I don't want to love you. And I, I kind of let God know that too. And he just shake his head at me and say, "You poor fella." <laughs> but 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 you're you're correct. Depending on which book you're in and where you're at in the book, Solomon looks like he is a godly man. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, when we look at Ecclesiastics, especially the end, he said the whole matter or the whole thing is to what love the lord serve the lord that's the whole idea of man but he takes us through a litany of of things that can can provoke us to think and so in those times of his despair in ecclesiastics he he uses everything that is available to him to say god is who he is and sometimes we can know god is who he is but we can't live God as who he is. Amen. 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 So we're, we're grateful for him for all that he has done because he can still point us to the way. Sometimes people say, you can't point me the way if you ain't never been there. That's not necessarily true. Somebody else could have told you that the way to get to Jacksonville from 95 in South Carolina is just to get on that highway right there and just keep driving. They ain't never been there. But they know that's what they've been told. They say the truck driver say, well, you get on that road right now. And then they say, guess what? And the next day they come back. And they say they've been to Jacksonville, but I ain't go with them. But they, now y'all know I'm telling the truth now, right? It, it's some people y'all know say they don't been to, on, a, on, the, on the boat. They don't been to the Bahamas. You wouldn't know, but they, they'd come back and bring you the pictures. And you don't know if that's the Bahamas or not. But they look at them pictures. You say, ooh, that water's so pretty. And that's what they tell us, right? They say, that water is so gorgeous over there. You say, because uh, Elder went on the boat. And he told me he didn't gamble. He just ate. But he was on the boat that gambled. <laughs> I'm going to stop, y'all. I'm going to stop, y'all. But tonight, we want to look at um, chapter number seven. This is the second part of this, this chapter actually continues, if I'm not mistaken, uh from verse number 10 of chapter number 6 uh, where Solomon is for the first time actually talking in 
the the Song of Solomon, and he's talking about who the Shulamite. Now, this is Solomon's actual first time of his technically from the text his romance of her to attempt to woo her away from who the shepherd the shepherd in like Flynn as they would say Solomon want to get in and my my commentary today said that this part of the book is strictly sexual strictly because he's giving her accolades about her physical body but in the other theologian's mind this is a a description of Christ's love for the church when he mentions for example the breasts and being fed from the fruit that is an indication that God loves our praises he inhabits is that what the words say he inhabits our praises and so he will get what from that nourishment for example again when we get there we will see that the palm tree was a place of refreshment see we wouldn't know a whole lot about that but if you went to maybe south carolina or somewhere up north if you were at the beach, would you expect to see a palm tree? Would you? Uh, well, one say yeah, one say no. Usually palm trees are trees that are found where? In the south. Now they may have transported, transported some palm trees up north, but you think of a palm tree as being a place that it has a very what? Warm climate. And they may be able to survive. I can't say that they can't. I've, I've never really looked to be honest they, they do and as I say I never really look but one of the things is in the desert if you saw a palm tree you would expect to see what some water yeah see and that, those, those little nuggets are things that you all have an advantage on most people because most people doesn't pay that in attention because that is something that I'm telling you all and not that I'm so wise but if you was looking at Lawrence Nightingale, I think that's not Lawrence Nightingale, but Lawrence of Arabia, and you saw him out there on the Campbell, and you know how they have on TV, like you've got to die of thirst, and you look up, you'll see a what? Sometimes they saw a mirage, and what always is in that mirage is a what? A palm tree. That's where we're going, because you see the palm tree before you see the water. And out of nowhere... You see a palm tree in the middle of the desert, and they do what? They start running. <laughs> they start running. And sometimes when, when they, when they want to show that it was just a mirage, they show them drinking sand. Amen. Let me go to the lesson. Listen to what he says in verse 1. How beautiful are thy what? With shoes, O prince, daughter. The joints of thy thighs are like what? Jewels. The, the work of the, of the hands of a cunning man. Now, you can see right off the bat that, that Solomon is really saying what? How beautiful she is. Because remember now, I want us to really remember that the feet in that day was despised. 
It really was because they walked in the sand all the time and what? Their feet were dirty. But Solomon said her feet was what? Beautiful. Now, you know if he talking about your feet beautiful, he up to no good. But then it reminds me of the scriptures that say how beautiful are the feet of there you go. Thank you, sir. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel because they're what? They're carrying the gospel to places that people didn't have it. And so you wouldn't think of the, the preacher having pretty feet, would you? Because some of them got bunions. Now, this preacher ain't got no bunions. But some preachers got bunions. Some people preachers got some bad foots. They can't hardly walk. But the Bible says what? Because they're carrying. A precious word. Listen, listen now. Now, this is one of the first times in 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 this uh, uh, chapter that he calls her a prince, a, a prince daughter, because usually she was described as Shulamite. But in other places in the same chapter, he called her uh, the the uh, king's daughter. He called her the king's daughter. So now it is actually a clue to let us know what? Who was the prince? Christ. He's the prince of peace. Y'all with me? God is the who? The king. But Christ is the priest. And so if she's the priest's daughter, that meant that Christ did what for her? He has. He's coming to do what? To die for her or to make her whole again. Now do you see how some say it is about Christ and the church versus just Solomon in, in her? Are you with me? Now, he says that, that her legs are hooked to her, to, um, uh, her feet are hooked to her legs and ankles and thighs in such a way that she is like a picturistic, picturistic individual because it's beautiful. Just he ain't looked at a face yet. Some men will not date a woman unless she got a what? A pretty face. But he starts where? At the bottom. And he gonna go all the way up her, telling her about how wonderful and how beautiful she is. Listen to what he says to her in chapter verse number two. Because this seems strange to me. But he says that what? Thy navel is like a round goblet, which warneth not liquor. Thy belly is like an heath of wheat set about with what? Lilies. Now, again, we in the Western Hemisphere cannot understand what he's saying because we've never worked on a farm. We've never been out in Oklahoma where they're what? Getting up the wheat. But according to, to the writers, this was a beautiful thing because if you didn't have crop, you couldn't, you could not eat. And so he adorns her with beautiful statements that she would know because she had what? Sheep. And she was out there in the field and she knew if the crop was bad, the sheep was going to be bad. But notice what he says about it is her what? Her navel. Now, for those of you that are mothers here, you know that the connection between the mother and feeding the child is the navel. Are y'all with me? 
Also, he also says to her, her belly, which is like a full belly, about to give birth. And what she's going to give birth to is like a heap. or It's an abundance of nutrition, which is what? The wheat set in what? The lilies, which is a beautiful sight. Especially if you've been out there in the desert. And you coming back in and you see that and you know it's somewhere. It ought to be some food somewhere around. If you hungry, that look pretty good, don't it? And so what he's saying is Christ is going to do what to the church? Feed the church. Wow. But he's using the Shulamite woman as the, the vessel that is what? Demonstrating the feeding of the church by who? By Christ. And Christ is in love with the church. Notice the next thing that he comes to. He says, thy what? Thy two breasts are like two young rolls that are what? Twins. They're what? Firm. They are fertile. They can do what? Produce. You, you know, I know we're in church, but you, you wouldn't want no woman with no shriveled up breasts, would you? It don't look like she can do what? Produce. And, and most men that are in here now, even Bubba Louie is in here now, he don't want no woman that, that, that look like she on her last leg, like she got AIDS or something. You want somebody that is what? Firm. Nutritional. Somebody that has what? Strength. That has taken care of themselves. He's saying here that the church has what? Taken care of itself. It has what? Pray to God. It has sought God's face. It is looking for God. It is seeking God. A person that is prosperous is healthy. And they do what? They eat the right foods. Which keeps the what? The muscle mass up. You can't have no nice breasts if you ain't been eating right. You can't have no nice legs if you ain't been eating right. You're going to have some what? Some toothpicks. Y'all act like y'all don't want to talk, but it's okay. But he says they're, they're not deformed. He said because they look like what? Twins. In other words, you can't tell one from the other. Then he says, die what? Now, we talked about that. As a matter of fact, the, the Shulamite talked about that and, and also the who? The shepherd talked about her in that fashion. He said that neck is as a what? A tower of what? Ivory. Now, why did he use ivory? Expensive. Okay, give me some another reason. Pretty. All right. All right. White, which means she had some what? Good color. But she was what? She was dark. So he, we couldn't have been talking about the color. So, because she was what? She was dark. But ivory is like, um, how would you say, fair skin? We're, um, yeah, as far as the skin goes, it was like, you know, real, very smooth. All right, it was smooth. What else can we say about ivory? Is not ivory a, a, a structure that is solid? It's not no no weak structure, is it? It's something that that's that's why you wanted ivory because it ain't gonna bend. It is once it's set, it is set. In other words, her neck was not gonna never do what droop over. She was what like a it was fixed like a statue, and she was it was done. Listen what he says about it. Also, thy eyes are like what the fish pools where. 
in Hashbon. By the gate, man, he wanted this thing. He wanted you to know exactly, didn't he? He said, by the what? The gate of Bath Rabin. Thy nose is as the tower of Lebanon, which looketh toward. And, and listen, both of these places in the research says that both of these places were known for their picturistic beauty. So he looked to what? Up and down. Because he saw her from afar. And then he got close and said, girl, you're everything I thought you was before I got here. But this again is what? A picture also not of just of lust for her, but a picture of the love that Christ has for the church. Then he says, thy head upon thee is like Carmel, and the hair of thy head like what? Purple. The king is hell in the what? galleries now or some say instead of carmel they say crimson but both of these colors are colors of what royalty royalty now it, he wasn't talking about one of these little girls rocking around here today with the purple hair looking like a punk rock person no he wasn't talking about that but he was saying this was a what comparison listen to what he says in verse 6 he says what how fair and how pleasant art thou, O Lord, O love, for delights. Now, he just turned what? Sensual. He just turned sensual. Because now he's actually saying to her, I want you. Christ says that to the church. I want you. Not in a sensual fashion, but in a desire because I have what? Paid the price for you. I want you to love me because you want to love me. I'm not going to make you love me because God can make us love him. But he wants it to be of our own what? Free will and accord. And so Solomon in his statements to her have attempted to what? Woo her by her beauty. And what he sees what? In her. Uh, above about her now notice what he says again he's coming back down he looked at her hand he's coming back down then he says what thy statue is like to the what a palm tree and thy breast to a what clusters of grape now um some of us uh in our younger days we used to go to the date tree am i right about it and the date tree always has something on it like what? Dates, which comes in clusters. It was still a what kind of tree? It's like a palm tree. And it was always what? Firm. Because no matter how many bad little children got on that tree, it never what? Bent. Y'all not talking to me. It never bent. And then you all, if you saw dates on the tree, you knew from afar there was a treat on the tree you just hope when you got that they wasn't green y'all a ways off yeah right but if you smelt them you knew they were good they were ready because there was another uh formidable uh animal that loved to be around them too 
that if you caught them at the wrong time and y'all hadn't been there in a while, that they would let you know not to come by there, which was the bees. The bees loved sweet stuff too, and they would have been there. But notice what he says now. He said, thy, this statue, this thy statue is like a palm tree, and thy breast to what? Clusters of grapes. Now, again, these are things that both of them would have been what? Familiar with. And so sometimes in our explanation of what he's talking about, we have to, as uh, instructors or teachers, have to give you something that you know something about. Because most of us don't bend to what? To the palm tree. Or we call it the date tree. Because we've experienced that. We've never been in a palm tree in the Middle East. But we have the area that we live in. Now, if we lived in the Midwest, we might not know a whole lot about what Solomon was talking about, would we? And then somebody would have to try to explain to us when you go to Florida, when you go to California, those different things. Now, listen to what he says, and Charlie brought this up before. Now, the next verse said, I said, I will go up to the what? Palm tree. I will do what? Take hold of the broth thereof. Now, what? Back up a minute. When we get to the broths thereof, when the when the palm tree is cut, they leave a little place that's just enough for you to be able to grip it and do what? Climb it. All right. So he says, he gonna go to the palm tree and take the broths thereof. He says, now also thy breast shall be as what? Clusters of the vine and the smell of thy nose like apples. In other words, he's saying she her smell what entices him, but he uses what sweet smelling apples and and spices and different things to say, girl, you you the bomb. I'm intoxicated with your smell. Isn't that just like our Lord, who says he's what intoxicated with our praises? But notice he doesn't say I'm what drunk. He's in control of his faculties. But see, some people want to be drunk in the Lord. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But if you're drunk, you're not in control. And God wants us to be in control of our faculties when? At all times. Are y'all with me? Listen to what he says. Verse 9. He says, in the roof of thy mouth like the best wine for my beloved. That goeth down when sweetly, causing the lips of those that are asleep to speak. Now that's that that's that's tough, doesn't it? I'm asleep, and 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 in other words, it puts me in a a dream metaphor, if I'm not mistaken. But it makes room or makes way for him or her to say what I know that this thing's gonna be good. Now, we have a shift. Am I correct? Come what? I am my beloved's and his desire toward me. Now, who's talking now? She changed it, didn't she? All that rapping that Solomon did. She said, what? You ain't persuade me to do nothing no different than what I was going to do. Amen. Now, if ever there was a time in the church... The devil brings about many things that are what? Applicable and look like you ought to 
do what he won't done because he's always trying to woo you by his advances. But if you belong to your beloved, which is who? God. Then we ought not to sway because of the devil advances. Are y'all with me? All those nice things Solomon said about her. She said what? I'm not going nowhere. I got who I want. And another I will not follow. Now we really talking about the church now. Because that's what the church is supposed to do. It's not supposed to be swayed. Listen to what she says to him. But she's talking to her shepherd. Come my beloved. Let us go forth into the field. Let us lodge in the villages. Now she want to get away from all the hustle and bustle of the city. Solomon's temple was always what? A lot of chaos. Well, I won't say chaos, but it was a lot of, always a lot of activity because where the king lives, people want to talk to the king. People want to come to Jerusalem and see how beautiful it was. Remember that that uh, Bathsheba, not Bathsheba, but um, what's the queen from Egypt? Well, it wasn't was Cleopatra. I don't think it was Cleopatra. It was, but but it was somebody else that came. She was a beautiful woman. And she came to, to the palace and she said, you know what? The half of what they told me wasn't even explained right. Uh, she wasn't from Egypt. She was from, from Africa, if I'm not mistaken. But she, she came, she went to the palace to see Solomon. And she said, you know what? What they told me, the half of wasn't even true. Because you, you exceeded what I thought you, you could do or what they told me that you could do. Then she says in verse number 12, let us get up early to the vineyards. Because now for those of us that, that, that uh, know that the, the fruit on the vine is real good early on in the morning. If we get up and go to the grapevine, it is, it's, more, it's better in the morning because it's still got that moisture on it. If we go get some strawberries, it's still what? Moist. It's, it's good early in the morning. Let us see if the vine flourished, whether the tender grape appear and the pomegranate bud full. There will I give thee what? My love. Uh, she says that, that, that this is where she will express herself to her what? Her beloved. Not to Solomon because she said what? I kept myself to who? For you and for you only. Then she goes on. Now in verse 13 uh mandrakes were a type of fruit that was supposed to be like a, a aphrodisiac in their their thought process so she said the mandrakes give a what a smell and at our gates are all manner of pleasant fruits new and what old which i have laid up for thee oh my beloved in other words she says what i have kept myself for who? For you and for you only. I know that you know that Solomon has made what? Advances towards me. But they fell on what? Death is. So it is in the what? In the church. God says, I know that Satan has made advances toward you all. He said, but you ought to be able to hold yourself for who? For me. And then we ought to be able to say, Lord, 
I know that there was a many times that I would have slipped and fell. But somewhere in my mind, I remembered that you said to me, you would make a what? A way of escape. And because you made that way of escape, I held on to your what? Unchanging hand. Y'all talking to me tonight. I think y'all ought to be preachers. All, all five of y'all out there ought to be preaching. Y'all sound like me. Preaching in here. Amen. But that's, that's the beauty of this lesson. And so I think if I'm not mistaken, in the next chapter, she concludes with her love for him. But they are to what? Together. And Solomon is left to wonder what happened. One, one woman he didn't conquer. Uh, the conquest was not done. So we, we come go away with, 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 uh, with that. And the title for chapter 7 says, I am my beloved. Mm. I don't care what you say, how fine I am. You think I ain't know that? I saw myself in the reflection. I know I'm fine, but I'm not fine for you. I'm fine for him who I love. Some people would have what? Settled. But she says, I'm not settling. You have something to offer to me, Solomon. And you know something else? Just a thought that really just came across my mind. I thank God for this. The devil got enough people, don't he? If she'd have took Solomon's hand and went in with him, she'd have just been another number. But God's love for us is individual. Satan really don't want you. Solomon really didn't want her. He wanted what he thought of her. And so God wants you for who? You. Because he made you just for him. Yeah, yeah. She, she holds out to the end. She holds out to the end. She only gives her love to her beloved. And that's she held out. I'm going to use your expression. She, she stood. <laughs> and that, that what you said? You got to stand. She stood. And how do we know she stood? In the book. It's in the book. She stood. Amen. She stood. Any questions? Any questions? Any questions? Let us bow our heads. Father, we come now before thee to say thank you for your many, many blessings toward we, your people. We thank you, Father, for your love and for your kindness. We thank you, Father, for how you've made provisions. And most of all, Father, thank you, Lord, for your explanation of your word. I pray, our Father and our God, that I have said nothing that will deflate our thoughts of who you are and what you are. Manifest yourself in your word that we might know you, Father. You forgive us of our sins and trespasses against thee, whatever they may be. But there are times when we have sinned, not even knowing. Bless our coming in and our going out is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>